0: I always look forward to uh, bringing you favourites each week and it's always with somebody special, somebody I I think is worthy of a, a good chat and one of those is definitely, without a doubt, one of the legends of radio... Craig Huggins, Huggy, nice to meet you.
1: Gee whiz, there's an intro. I'm just, I'm just your regular Joe that talks between the songs on the radio.
0: I know. You don't want people to know just what a great gig it is, do you? And, and then we'd probably do it for half the money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you might know. I didn't realise there was pay involved, but anyway, go ahead.
0: Now it's it's lovely to finally meet you. I've I've been a, a fan over the years. Uh, I've really enjoyed your work, and and still continue to to this day. A goal.
1: Isn't that funny, Simon? Because yeah. we have. We've both been in the industry in Melbourne such a long time. And I think we've crossed paths but never actually spoken you know it's it's at the it's some of the uh, the, you know the the opening of a night where there's no time to talk the bell's ringing you've got to get in and sit down i'll say ah there's that hat i know that hat yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's become i'm sort of like a a smaller version of molly Meldrum. (laughs) like a molly Meldrum wannabe in that in that sense i just i just it shouldn't be about me it should be about you but yeah i just i always loved those hats and so one day i thought you know what, I've reached a particular point in my life where I don't care if people think I'm an idiot for wearing a hat, I'm going to wear one. And so I put it on and it's been there ever since
1: Mate, and um, I love it. We can tell people listening that I actually live in what I'm wearing, that I wear shorts, t-shirts and thongs, thongs. all the time. Yeah, every, every it's day. It's the beauty of radio. Yeah, right through winter. <laughs>
0: yep. Now, so let's go back to uh, the humble beginnings
1: of Huggy, born and raised where? Uh, so, I was born in Coburg. Yep. Well, I was born in Moreland in a hospital in Moreland, but um, I grew up in Coburg. Yep. And uh, I went pa- to. parents in prison there? Or... <laughs> well, funnily enough, yeah. <laughs> um, where I went to high school was called Newlands High School, and um, it, two of the walls of Newlands High School were walls of Pentridge.
0: Okay, yeah. So
1: on the side of our oval and on the side of our soccer ground were big bluestone walls. And we quite often would kick the footies over the the top of there. And you could hear the guys talking. Yeah. And sometimes we'd be yelling stuff to each other. They'd always kick the footies back. But I do remember one occasion where um, the football came came back over the fence to us and someone had written on it, next time enclose a key.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Good sense of humor. So I went
1: to Newlands High School in Coburg and I went to Merlinston Primary School yep. in North Coburg. Um, both of those schools are closed down now.
0: Oh, what a shame. In Did,
1: fact, my primary is... school is now called the King Khaled School. It's the biggest um, Islamic school outside Islam countries in the world.
0: Is it really? Hmm. Australia is good for things like that. Like We've got the largest Greek population, I think, in the world outside of Greece. Well,
1: they, grew, they grew up down the road from me in <laughs> Brunswick as well.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, young Huggy, uh, wandering around the schoolyard, kicking balls over the fences to the prisoners, <laughs> which uh, I still find quite bizarre that there wasn't a bit more security there.
1: Well, can I tell you, um, just as a sideline, yeah. um, because the school was next door to the prison, th- in, the prisoners actually had football teams and basketball teams and a theatre group, and so the old the older students at my high school, years 10, 11, and 12, we would actually go in there. So we would go in and watch a theatre production. Um, we'd go in and we would play cricket, football, and basketball against the prisoners, just, you know, once a year, each of those sports. We would actually go in there and do it. And they were the, you know, they weren't the hardened criminals we were playing oh, okay. against. Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, smuggling things in for them, and <laughs> not, notes out to their Who knows? mob members. <laughs> yeah. um, so w- when did you discover that there was. Uh, well, actually, first tell us about your parents. W- what did your parents do for a living?
1: Okay, so my With... father was a teacher. Yep. Um, and he was a trade teacher. Um, so yeah. there's a certain
0: amount of performance aspect in teaching. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. guess. So might might have come through the bloodline there.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, so dad was a teacher, yeah, but funnily enough, as I said, trade teacher, fitter and turner. But he, his. Um, Secondary subject that he taught was maths, and I was the worst at maths in the world. And I, th- I think I actually got that from my mum because she was terrible at maths. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mum worked at what was then called Henderson House, and uh, so she would um, look after—is the wrong word? She would help people, um, what we called back in the day, mentally retarded people. Yes, um, to um, you know, just to have jobs. So they might be filling the. Uh, the show bags for the royal show or you know oh, okay. just yeah, things like yeah. that so she would work with uh with mentally handicapped people and um you know i would go in there sometimes simon as as a kid you know with mum when we had a curriculum day or something and i, I, I it was fantastic yeah i got really good memories such nice people you know yeah that's mm. nice yeah. that's nice uh two brothers ross and mark who are both older than me i'm the youngest yep
0: uh, either of them ever considered getting into the biz
1: No, although my uh, middle brother, Mark, is a pastor, so he's always in front of audiences. That's showbiz as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Uh, so that's that's the family.
0: Yeah, okay, so where did the love of radio kick in? Who who were your influences in those young years?
1: Oh, gee, like every other kid of my age, um, 3XY was my station. It was always a battle, I think. Between 3XY and the other kids would like 3AK, which at the time was a, a rock station. Yeah. And their slogan was 3AK, where no wrinklies fly. So That's nobody right. with wrinkles listens to 3AK. Yeah. But 3XY was clearly the, the biggest radio station in Melbourne. Um, In those days, it was even bigger than 3AW. It was, yeah. Um, And, you know, I was a kid listening to that, and what happened was uh, Greg Evans ran a junior disc jockey competition. Now, Greg was doing Drive on 3XY, and he was... Like I, I idolised Greg. Yeah. So the idea of this competition was there were 13 shopping centres around Melbourne and you had to go to the shopping centre. In my case, it was Northland, right next to the school where my father taught at Preston East Tech. So I went to Northland. Dad was not happy because it was on a weekday and I had to skip school for it. Uh, yeah. But the first, and this is the, this is the big clicker, this one. So you had to actually be drawn out of a barrel to be in the finalists to have a go. And uh-huh. there was a lot so of names in the barrel.
0: No guarantee when you Absolutely turned up. Absolutely
1: not. So I put my name in the barrel and they happened to pull my name out. And then we were given, there was, uh, I think, 12 people, 12 kids, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and we were given a little bit of time, I think maybe half an hour, to go away and write some ads for, they'd given us the sponsors of the um of the competition. Yeah. So I wrote an ad for um, a, a resort in Queensland and BASF cassettes. Oh, BASF. Yes. Yeah. And then um, they give us gave us a little a, l- <laughs> a little instruction on what cart machines were and and what and how to make the turntables work. Yeah. And then we literally were put on stage and had to you know do the DJ thing. Wow. And so, you know, I was all at sea. But the one thing I did do is I tried to, because I was a 3XY listener, I made sure that I used 3XY references. Okay. So I would say, 3XY, it's 10 past nine, and now here's the weather with Rob Gell. Yeah. Because Rob was doing it at that time. So being a listener kind of helped me a little bit. But, gee, I had this squeaky little voice. Anyway, (laughs) point is I won the heat. Uh, and I won a little cassette deck. I went to the school next door where Dad was teaching and I held it up in front of the window and jumped up and down with my finger number one pointed in the air and he was like happy then that I'd done it. And then um, we had the final a couple of weeks later. That was just coincidentally also held at Northland, so nice and close to my house. There were 13 finalists yeah. and, uh, and I won that. There were some other notable people that I think you might know yeah. that were in the contest. They didn't actually announce a second place, it was just first place, but Dave Ferguson was uh, was in it. Dave Ferguson, beautiful deep voice, yeah, and, and just yes. a terrific guy. Dave, yeah, lovely. Um, Ken Francis was in it, who I also know that you know, and, and was just mad three XY listener. Yes, um, look, there were quite a few people that I know went on to be in radio, yeah. that that, uh, that did that. So, yeah, it was a really it was good fun, and I won a trip to Queensland, and I uh, wow. Um, anyway, part of it was a uh, a ten minute spot on three XY. So I did my 10 minute spot with Greg Evans and during that time the boss came in and said, ''We really like what you're doing here, stay on.'' So I stayed on for an hour and did that. I was with Greg, I wasn't being a DJ by myself, but, and it was quite corny. Greg was asking me questions and I was giving him corny setup answers and stuff. Anyway, another part to the prize was a radio course with Clark Sinclair's radio school. Yes. So I went off and started doing that And, um, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks later, I got a phone call at home. Mum says, oh, there's some bloke named Greg on the phone for you on the answering machine. It was Greg Smith, who was the boss of 3XY. And uh, he rang me and, um, yeah, I rang him back and he said, "Uh, look, we've got a midnight to dawn spot going. And we'd really like to give you a trial on that. Wow. And so that's what happened. So I did the three-month trial and um, they liked what I did. And uh, I ended up in getting the job. Been in it ever since. Well, it's funny actually because I, um, it was it was pretty tough at the time because I was only sixteen, and I was going to school in the daytime. I was a reasonably good footballer. I'd played you know under nineteens in the VFL and stuff like it at a young age. And um, at this stage, I was playing for Coburg in the VFA. So I would go to um, the midnight to dawn, which was actually one a.m. till five a.m. It yep. was called midnight to dawn, one till five. And then there were no trams at five. So I would run home to Coburg. It was nine kilometres. I'll never forget.
0: Well, it was good training.
1: And then I would go to bed for a couple of hours and I'd go to Newlands High School and I'd finish there. I'd catch a tram into 3XY in King Street um, and learn the ropes for a, an hour or so, go home or go to football training, catch a few, a, bit, a little bit more sleep and then go back to work and do it again. So I did three days a week of midnight to dawns and I did Sunday breakfast show. Wow. And then. Um, one night, I was walking down the corridor of 3XY and I was looking at all the pictures of the DJs. And, you know, there were famous you know, Gavin Wood, Greg yeah. Evans, Lee Simon, you know, Barry Bissell, all these famous people. Huge names. And I'm 16 and I'm looking at that and I'm going, I'm never going to get off Midnight to Dawn because I'm not better than these guys. I'd never done it. Yeah. I was a squeaky little 3XY. <laughs> you know, time and temp, that was about it. And, um, I went into the boss and said, I'm leaving. And so that's what I did. You know, I wanted to go and get some experience somewhere. Um, and he said, what do you mean? I said, well, this was, look, this was about that's a, a- That's a bold move. A, well, it was about a year later. I'd finished school. Uh, and it was about a year later and I went, yeah. So I, I said, I'm going to leave. And he said, well, where are you going to go? I said, look, I don't know. I'm going to send some tapes out. And, and he said, I'll help you. I'll I'll help you get a job, but will you still work here? And I said, look, Greg, you don't really need to help me. My resume says I work at 3XY. 3XY.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, so I went to Horsham, to 3WM in Horsham. And um, whenever, every weekend, I would come back to Melbourne. And I was also playing footy up there. I was making more money playing footy than working on the radio, to be honest. Yeah. But I busted my collarbone. And so when I did that, I came back to Melbourne again. And I still worked at 3XY. And then after that, I... Uh, Went to Brisbane to work at 4IP, which had become a station called Stereo 10. And once again, whenever I was on holidays, and once again, I broke another bone. (laughs) I came back and worked on 3XY. And then there was one day, I'd been there for about two years, I guess. Great job. I was working on the Gold Coast. It was like just a killer job. But one day I got home and I got three telegrams. All on this one day. Yeah. From 3UZ, 3DB. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 3xY, all offering me a job. All on one day. On the same day. And I have no idea why. That is bizarre. And so, well, it was no brainer. I'm going back to 3xY. Yeah. So that's what I did. I came back. What did your parents think when.
0: Like when all this started to unfold for mm. you and you're doing the, the midnight to dawns and stuff, were your parents, because I always find this fascinating with radio people mm. that, uh, the, the, your parents are either, yeah, go for it. Or they're, Oh no, you must get a real job.
1: <laughs> my parents were all in because I think as opposed to my brothers who had both gone to university, they are quite a bit old. My, my oldest brother's 10 years older than me. My middle brother's five years older than me. And so by that stage, they were already going to university. Um, And I think my parents learnt, and I certainly did at a young age, that I wasn't going to be um, like that. I wasn't going to be a nine to five. Yeah. It just, it was, it was, look, I did work experience at Channel 9 and inside Channel 9 at the time was 3AK. Yes. Now by this stage, they'd gone beautiful music. And I was out with the, uh, work experience incidentally was a brand new thing at that time, brand new. And you did two weeks. So anyway, one day I went out with the Channel 9 news team, and they filmed a story, and they came back, and they showed me how it got edited, and then that night, when the news used to be on at 6.30, um, it went to air. The next day, I was in the 3AK studio, and Ward Everard was on the air. Yes. And while I was in there, he received a phone call, and I'll never forget it, Simon. He picked up the phone... I went, yep, yep, okay, right, and he's taking some notes. Yep, yep, okay, that's great, thank you. Hung up the phone, his song finished, and he got on the air and said, we've just had a report that the Westgate Bridge is closed because of a car accident, rah, rah, rah. And instantly in my head, I had these visions of people getting off the Westgate Bridge however they could, taking all the turnoffs getting, just avoiding it at all start Now, in real life, you and I know that that would not, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that. I was 15 years old and I didn't know. And I thought to myself, gee whiz, he's just said something on the air that's had instant impact. Yep. Yesterday, the film crew would have filmed it and it would have been on the news six hours after it happened. That's right. Yeah. And that, that that one moment in that 3K studio with Ward Everard, I believe, changed my life.
0: Yeah. The, the immediacy of oh, radio just draws you in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember just as a little kid being in the car mum with you know mum picking me up after school and and driving home and the radio was on and there was and the, the DJ on air just said and it's a beautiful day for the, mum's picking up the kids from school because of course that's what time school finished yeah. so when the the I don't know who the announcer was at the time but when they've just said that of course that applies to half the people listening absolutely radio at the time but to me it was wow, he knows what we're doing. Exactly. He, he knows
1: where we are. And and look, and, and that's the one thing that I've always tried to um, to do on my my radio shows and instill in new announcers, that it's not hello, everyone. It's hello, you. Because you yeah. think about it. When people say, uh, this is a shout-out to everyone, or, you know, if, if any of you would like to win tickets to the basketball, and I'm in my car by myself, I'm going, who's anyone? Mm. That's like, it's me. Yeah. If yeah. you would like to win tickets to the basketball. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was my, uh, that was my entree in, into radio and, um, yeah, I, I started ringing, <laughs> I'll never forget. I started ringing 3AW at night and, um, talking to Reverend Alex, talking to Reverend Alex Ken's Kenworthy nightline yeah, and I would ring up and I'd. I'd read him poems and stuff, and tape myself just so I could hear me myself on the radio. Yeah. Oh, I would
0: get, have you still got cassettes of that? I would
1: <laughs> nah, kill to hear. I probably that. have. I have no idea where. Yeah, I live a radio announcer's life. I'm a hoarder. I have got zillions of tapes, cassettes yeah. everywhere. Nothing yeah. to play them on. But
0: I, <laughs> I've, I've got the reel to reel set up in my office, and I've got boxes of tapes on the wall behind me. Half of those, uh, uh, half of the tapes, I've got are there. The other half are at home in my cupboard. And I'm slowly going through archiving old you know, Darren Hinch stuff from the '80s and bits and pieces, and it's fascinating so, the stuff that you come up with.
1: If ever you listen to uh, to Simon and you hear the tapes going, because the oxide has fallen off the tape. That's a thing that most people outside our industry don't realise is that the tapes degrade. Yeah, and we, and strangely, if you put them in the fridge, it helps. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's, uh, you can bake tapes in and I've, ne- I've never tried it because I know I just set the house on fire. Uh, but uh, uh, speaking of cassettes and stuff, I actually played something off cassette now uh, a couple of weeks ago. Malcolm Stewart, a long-serving correspondent at, mm. at 3AW, um, uh, sadly passed away. A listener had sent me uh, seven or eight years ago a cassette mm. and it was Paul Barber interviewing uh, Malcolm Stewart in profile, uh, which was a half-hour interview. Which which was you know, Malcolm Stewart's been on air for fifty years, but we don't, didn't actually have anything about his life. So I played that on air, and and the the pitch controls just all over the place. So one moment they're talking like mice, and the other the other you know, times they're talking with deeper voices than you. So it was, uh, but yeah, that's yeah, that's the the joy of radio.
1: My mother won two hundred pounds on three AW before I was did born. Did she? She did indeed. Yeah? yeah, from
0: Norman Banks or somebody yeah, for, like with that with the
1: secret sound. Oh, yeah, which at that stage you didn't ring it. For he played the sound and you wrote a letter, yeah. And right. she, she won that. I've got this great photo of her being presented her 200 pounds. Oh, how lovely!
0: <laughs> now, so uh, gold 104.3, mm. where you are currently, yep. and uh, been here for quite some time, a fixture, a, a staple of the place. <laughs> um, how did how did gold come into your life? Would it have been 3KZ, <sighs> one ago?
1: okay? So, um After 3XY, I stayed at 3XY on my second stint for quite a while. And then I went to Eon FM, Yep, um, which, while I was there, became Triple M. Yes. And I was at Triple M maybe three years, I think. And then um, the program director that a lot of your listeners will know, Pete Meehan, Pete and Liz, was a very big breakfast show on 3KZ. Um, The station had become KZFM. And Pete had actually been chasing me for probably two years to come over. And then finally, the... uh, the kicker was that 3KZ had decided to change their format to aim at 18 to 24 year olds. And I, that was ride right my wheelhouse. Yeah. And they wanted me to do drive. And so um, look, we, we came to an agreement and uh, I decided to come come over. So I started at 3KZ and within three months, Peter Meehan had gone um, and we got a new program director in named Peter Sinclair and Peter on the weekends, started to play these, what he called, good-time oldies. And they were songs from the 50s and 60s. So during the week, we were full-on 18- to 24-year-old songs, current music. On the weekends, we were playing songs that were older than me.
0: That's bizarre.
1: Yeah, but the feedback was amazing. And so in the end, KZFM wasn't rating very well. It had, when it first changed to FM, it was huge. Um, But that didn't last long. I think that was a novelty thing. So, yeah, we had a meeting one day, and uh, Pete said... To all of the announcers, we're changing our format, and we're going to be good time oldies from the fifties and sixties. And if you play your cards right, you can be here for a very, very long time. Mm. And um, I must have played my cards right because yeah. here I am, thirty-three years later. The um, which is by far the longest-serving person in our station—not just announcer, but person in the station. But you know, our original lineup—we went straight to number one, and our original lineup were just—you know—really not only great announcers but just really good blokes you know Sean Cosgrove yeah. and Gavin Wood yeah. um you know it was just it was just Phil Bailden, who people don't know Phil's name but he is the voice of Channel 10 of all their promos and we just had this really really Peter Byrne yeah. we had this really good lineup and um we were playing these songs that people hadn't heard in a long time but I'll be honest because at the time we're playing songs from the 50s and 60s, songs that are older than me, songs that I didn't know, and particularly at the time to get the Australian content up, because radio stations have to play a certain amount of Australian songs. We were playing, you know, there were some dodgy 60s Aussie songs. There were some rippers, killer songs. But to play the right amount, we had to play some really weird ones. And I honestly, to you know, within maybe three weeks, I was thinking, well, this is the greatest mistake of my life. What, what am I going to do? How am I going get, to get out of here? You know, <laughs> <But> <laughs> luckily you didn't.
0: <laughs> um, now, the, the breakfast shows over the years, Grubby and Dee Dee, were uh-huh. at gold for a long time. Yep. And, and then it was, uh, was it Bridge and Lemo took over then? Well, and,
1: uh, we, we had for a little while, we had um, Greg Evans and um, Tony Jones. Yep. Um, TJ, and I was uh, I was a freelance sports reporter at Channel 9 for about six years. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I know TJ really, really well. And it was really nice to have him in here, but he. So he and Greg did breakfast for a while, and then when they left, myself and Jason Dunstall did it for a little while. Um, But we were never going to be full time. We were, yeah, we were a fill in. And then it was uh, Bridge and Lemo. Yep. And then it was um, after Bridge and Lemo, it was Lemo and Joe Stanley. Joe, yes. Um, Yeah. And then, and then Grubby and Dee <laughs> Dee. Grubby
0: and Dee Dee. And, and then Christian O'Connell, which was which was a bolt out of the blue. Now, if, wow. if, if you don't mind me asking, and feel free to tell me to shut up my own business, mm. when you were told that this POMs coming in mm. <laughs> to, to, to do breakfast, yeah. not really sort of known to the Australian audience at all, yeah. did you sort of think, oh, maybe now's the time to get out? Uh, thought, this could the be the writing
1: is, on the wall. Who the hell is Christian O'Connell? Yeah. I'll tell you what I did, because we didn't... <sighs> Christian was due to come and join us, and then there was some problem with the working visa or something. I don't exactly know what the whole story is, but it was all go, 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 and then for some reason it stopped. He was still coming, but it took about another four or five months, mm. um, and I had never heard of Christian O'Connell. A few of the guys here had. I just hadn't, but the first thing I did when I found out he was coming, I had listened to him online, I, I sent him an email. And um, just sort of said, you know, looking forward to meeting you and, and that sort of thing. Um, and the more I listened, the more I thought, oh, this guy is really good. However, you know, it, 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 I'd be a liar to say that we weren't all worried about, yeah, can this totally go pear-shaped? But having said that, we Gold has always been a very strong station across the day. We've been the number one FM station between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. for five or six years now. Mm, yep. Um, you know, my show is the number one FM show. Um, and so we didn't have a really, really high rating breakfast show. So if it didn't work, it wouldn't have affected us all that much yep. because our strong daytime survey numbers really helped us. Um, but we all had belief in it. But I think you have to. Yep. I mean, we had to believe in it, so we believed in it. Um, you know, the last thing you want your your announcing staff to do is to... Be sitting there thinking this is going to be terrible mm. because then we're not going to sell it properly on the air and it and it's great he's um christian o'connell is a lovely lovely bloke yeah he's a real radio head he's not some He's not just some comedian that's coming in to do radio. He's been doing radio for 20, 25 years in England. He's a clever man, He's a and he is a radio nut. He's very knowledgeable, knows so much about music. He embraced Melbourne like you wouldn't believe. Sometimes yes. I, I would drive in, and I'd hear him say things. How does he even know that? How do they, does he know that's the nickname for that or where that coffee shop is? and. It's because he's very prepared. He spent a lot of his days and a lot of his
0: weekends just travelling to different parts of Mm. Melbourne just to experience it, so that he could, you know, form references in his head. Absolutely, I heard that very early on. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: it's it's very unusual to hear him say something incorrectly. Mm. You know how sometimes people from interstate or yeah, not so much overseas, but interstate. Will, he, he, as a radio person, you can tell he hasn't quite, he hasn't got it totally wrong, but it's not totally right. Yeah. He spends a lot of time, you know, making sure that's right. And he'll, he'll even say to, to the people around here, is it said like this?
0: He's got a touch of the Graham Kennedys about him in, <laughs> in, in, in one particular way, which, which I, I think he, he works hard, thinks hard and, and writes hard and mm. pre- prepares so that when he's performing on air, it sounds very ad lib and, and yep. sort of ad hoc. But there's actually a lot of a lot of brain work has gone into getting it to sound that way,
1: and that's so, the that's the magic of any I think any um, certainly breakfast show. I mm-hmm. mean, you can you can listen to you and I've been around a long time, Simon. You can listen to breakfast shows and you know a hey, they're not prepared. B those two don't like each other. Yeah. Um. You know, and C you know uh, they just you know they're flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. You know, and that's um and and that's certainly you know you you've nailed it on the head, Christian O'Connell. Uh, the man is so prepared when, yep. he, when he comes into work.
0: Now, so back to Craig Huggins now. Hoop, hoop. Uh, 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 forget that Christian bloke. Uh, <laughs> back to Craig Huggins now. Hobbies outside of radio. Because hmm. you're, you're here every morning.
1: So what do, you do, what do you do in your afternoons? I'm a mad Brisbane Lions supporter. Yeah. And um, I was a Fitzroy supporter. <clears throat> pardon me. I was a Fitzroy supporter. Yes. And I've hosted every Melbourne event for the Brisbane Lions or Fitzroy since about, I don't know, 1984 or something. Uh, In the early days, I would do it with Craig Willis and John Blackman. Uh, We would sort of share the hosting things, but those guys sort of, you know, they're not going to the footy, you know, these days anymore. I think they sort of lost a bit of interest when Fitzroy went under. Yeah. As did I. And I, um, I, it was always a love job with Fitzroy. And, then one day, before the first game the Brisbane Lions ever played, they rang me and they said, would you host the President's Lunch? And I said, look, this has always been a love job, never charged you a cent, but I don't barrack for the Brisbane Lions, so you're going to have to pay me. Yep. So anyway, I trottled off to the MCG. I can't remember who we were playing, but we I went over there and they, uh, they paid me to do this function. And as soon as it started, um, you know, they ran out in this jumper that looked basically like the Fitzroy jumper. Yep. Um, they won the game, and when they sang the song, it was the same tune as the Fitzroy song and mentions Fitzroy. Yep. Eight of the players on the, that day had played for Fitzroy, and Alistair Lynch, I'm really good friends with Lynchy. We've known each other a long time. We're still good friends. He was playing um, for Brisbane, and I had played footy in Brisbane, as I mentioned earlier. So it wasn't a big stretch for me to go, I'm going to go barrack for the Brisbane Bears if Fitzroy goes under and that's the only time I've ever been paid for a gig because I said, no, nah, I'm on board now. <laughs> um, outside that, I um, you know, I really spend a lot of time with my family. I've got two kids who are 25 and 21 now, but I, I just love being with them. I surf. I've got to just a caravan down at Ocean Grove, and I go down there oh, nice. a lot. Yeah. Um, my daughter actually goes, takes people out on the charter boats to swim with the dolphins and that, and she okay, is a yeah. surf instructor as well. Um and uh, I collect Flintstones memorabilia. Here's one for your listeners. Flintstones? Yes, really? but only from the cartoon. I don't collect any um, movie stuff, but I, I've got a, quite an extensive collection of, of, uh, of Flintstones stuff at my house. And, um,
0: oh, look at that photo. I mean, now, I'm Simon is actually, there's a photo I'm of, of the Flintstones
1: stuff that I brought in, and I'm showing him today.
0: I'm standing on the headphone lead. Hang on. Oh, look at that.
1: So, so what you're looking at there is about one-tenth of my collection, Simon. That's fabulous. <laughs> there's
0: I, a board game. I never knew there was a board game. There's two board games. Board game. There is
1: another one. I've got another one. Wow. Yeah. I had to bring that photo in because I knew that you were going to ask me that question. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll bring the mic back down now.
1: Uh Flintstones very brilliant. Yeah. Um, and that that I, happened by accident too. Yeah. I've
0: I've recently been given there's mm. a, a guy who listens to the show and and he heard me say once upon a time that yeah I love Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck yeah. and he sent me every Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck cartoon ever made just on on USB drives. <laughs> and so I I was talking about it on air and said oh it's wonderful eh? all these wonderful cartoons and then he contacted me again and said do you want my whole collection? And he sent me like I've got every Flintstones, Jetsons, Top wow. Cat he sent me six terabytes worth of uh, worth of cartoons. Hi
1: there, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
0: so I've I've got I've got all the Flintstones uh, episodes. Wow! And I actually only a couple of weeks ago watched the first, the very first episode of the Flintstones.
1: The Flintstone Flyer, which yes, which
0: it uh, was before the the well known theme. Yeah, uh, yeah, became that's part right. Of it. The,
1: the first series, a lot of people don't know that first series of the Flintstones didn't have Flintstones meet the, the Flintstones. Flintstones. It Was just a little instrumental thing. And the other thing that people, you know, how time. Have changed. The Flintstones were very big. Uh, they were used in a very big advertising campaign for Winston cigarettes. cigarettes yeah, yeah. And like, and it's funny when you watch it now, or even back then. But funny when you watch it now, and and th- this ad, this TV commercial in black and white. Um, you know, Barney and Fred are sitting out in the backyard while the women, uh, Betty and Wilma, they're they're mowing the lawns and stuff, and they're sitting there having a durry Yeah. <laughs> It was a different time. <laughs> was it wasn't ever. Yeah.
0: Wow. So where'd the love for the Flintstones come from? It's just, you'd like the cartoon and...
1: Um, okay, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story briefly. But when I was a kid, I was training for footy out at my uh, junior club, Paramount, which was in Coburg. That doesn't exist again, either, anymore. But one night, it was it was a horrendous night, and I was covered in mud. And um, I got in the car, you know, sit on the towel. Dad didn't want me sitting on the... Not, not in the not in the, uh, not in the Kingswood. We're not sitting on. the... <laughs> yeah, keep, keep the, o- the, the, the seats towel, clean. Yes. Yeah, on the towel.
0: They try and tuck it over the back under that's the it.
1: headrest, and, it, and the minute you sit down, it falls out anyway. And Dad says to me, "When we get home, I've got a surprise for you." So we get back to Coburg, you know, and uh, I walk in, and we've got a colour TV. Oh yeah, 1976, right? Oh, that's and, good. And there it is. The first thing I see on the TV, Flintstones. My God. Fred's coat is orange. <laughs> it's got a blue tie. Oh, it was amazing. And so um, dad says, go and have a bath. And then you can come And My mum says, let him watch the Flintstones. And so I had this passion for the Flintstones. First thing I ever saw on Colour TV. And then uh, a lot longer, when I was in my, uh, I guess, mid-20s, I drove past this garage sale. And, you know, I normally didn't stop at garage sale, but I dro- and there was something drawing me to it. Yep. I went, I don't know what this is. So I went back and they had this Flintstones train set. And, you know, typical, it was brand new and 1962 Flintstones train set. And, uh, you know, the guy wanted 10 bucks. I offered him five. Yeah. I think we agreed on seven. (laughs) You got that. And I walked out with it and there became my. That's what started it. That's what started it. Yep. Oh, that is marvelous. And, uh,. No, it's a uh, it's hard to get Flintstone stuff in Australia, probably because I got it all. But um, you know, whenever my friends go overseas, because there's a lot in America, I'll I'll say, to them, listen." Where are you staying? at what date, and I will buy something on eBay and have it sent to their hotel and they'll bring it back for me. And... Oh,
0: that was going to be my next question. Do you have a saved eBay search for Flintstones? Oh, absolutely, so I you, do. You, you get daily e- emails and you sit there going, got that, got that, yep, got yep.
1: that. And sometimes I'll buy stuff. There might be five things in there and I might have four of them, yep. but I want the fifth, so then I'll on sell the ones... That I um, that I've already got yeah it was
0: same with me for the Melway collection because yeah. I've I've got
1: every Melway so well, t- I'll tell you a story about your Melway connection that you may not know yeah okay so uh, I hope you don't mind me going no, off no, on no, a tangent uh, here. oh no no tangents are so, what I live for I can't remember which year it is but it's a year of the eighties and it was the year that Fitzroy and Footscray were going to merge yep the Melway came out before that merge didn't happen. And it has Prince's Park as the home of the Fitzroy Bulldogs. Wow. Mm. Oh, I'll have to look now, that up when I get home. It's not actually written on the oval. It's written in the, you know, the bit that has, um, you know, the index. reserves. and Yeah, yeah the all, index. all the ovals and stuff. Yeah. And
0: yeah, it's got church halls, secondary schools. Yeah, It's yeah. in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will have to check that out. <laughs> uh, now, I should get on to, where have I put my bit of paper? Hang on.
1: Yep. Where's, um, it's in your Coles bag over there. Bag. I hope you paid your fifteen cents for that.
0: I did, yeah. <laughs> Aren't I stupid? I actually, yeah, I scan the paper bag when I when I buy one. Oh, I hate that. All right, so well, and
1: yet, can I just say, yes? you scan the paper bag. So not only is there no one to actually put your groceries through, you yeah. got to do it yourself and then pay for and the then bag.
0: Buy, buy the bag. <laughs> How did we get to this point in life? <laughs> what is going on? Exactly, we we do everything ourselves. No one, there's no customer service. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, now the the whole point of this thing is favorites. I have. In front of me, uh, huggy uh, uh, piece of paper uh, with fifty things on there that could be favourites.
1: Well, these to be. And There's I'm, short vox pop answers. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, we, we just play it by you see how it goes. <laughs> so what I generally do is just randomly point at one and then I say, Craig Huggins, mm. what's your favourite restaurant?
1: Oh, my favourite restaurant is uh, Godfather's Pizza. It's in Briar Hill yeah. in uh, in Greensborough. Um, and uh, I've been going there for a you know a, a long time. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful family owner, and it's just a really nice restaurant.
0: Is there a particular pizza you get? Because I'm a bit of a pizza fan.
1: No, I'm pizza with a lot. I mean, yeah. I'm all, all I'm all the way, and I do have anchovies. And I don't know. Yeah. This is this is controversial, maybe for you. I don't know. I don't I don't mind pineapple on a I, pizza. I
0: Love pineapple on a go. pizza. There you go. Snap. Everything. Olives is my thing. I'm not a no, really fan. Really? No. I, I just think every if you get a pizza with olives on it, everything just tastes like olives. So yeah. I, I find. But, but what about? But yet I'm fine with anchovies.
1: So. What about olives on their own? Just, no, no, nah, nah. no. See, I can, I can go to the deli at, at Safeway, Safeway just, at Woolies, and, can, and get a tie. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. No, no. Well, I'll, I'll leave
1: all mine on the plate for you. <laughs> okay.
0: uh, all right. Uh, favorite uh, actor?
1: Oh, I'm a big fan of Robert Downey Jr. Um, I know he's had troubled times, and a lot of people went off uh, him for a while. But yeah, yeah. I, I like Robert Downey Jr.
0: Well, we love a good comeback story, don't we? Absolutely, we he, do. Yeah, he, he went like mad off the rails and uh, and then came good.
1: Yeah, but I, but ironically, um, my favourite movies he's not in. Yeah, um, so you know I I, <laughs> I like a chick flick. So my my uh, my favourite movie is Notting Hill. I love really? that. Really, I love that movie.
0: You like to shed a tear? Yeah, I do. Is Beaches okay. up there as well? No, 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 not no, Beaches. Okay, no, no.
1: Notting Hill and uh, About a Boy, all these uh, Hugh Grant movies. But you know, in yeah, not, I, I find him a bit wet. Yeah, well, he is, and that's yeah. why it's a chick flick. But yeah. in my opinion, so uh, Notting Hill ends with the um, the the Beach Boys song, God Only Knows. Yeah, God Only Knows. Oh, I don't don't know. do yeah. So you. I've played millions of songs over the years uh, with work and. I think that's the best love song ever written Because it's really simple There's only about five words in it It says, I love you I could live without you But what would be the point? Yeah,
0: I just love that yeah, song Yeah, that's nice Yeah, it is a good song Well, that rules out favourite song Which i about <laughs> to and, and, the, and the one just above no, Favourite actor, which I just asked, was 28 The one above that was fa- Favourite cartoon character Is number 27 So I guess, I guess we'll just go with Fred Flintstone
1: Yeah, yeah, Freddie I did like Fred
0: Alright uh, Favourite alcoholic drink
1: well, this is going to uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons because I'm not a non-drinker. I just don't drink.
0: Oh, a touch of the Andrew McLarens. Yes. It's, it's the
1: same. So, no, um, so I, uh, look, in the space of a year, Simon, I'd be lucky to have 10 drinks. Yeah. Um, and not because I have anything against it, because of what I told you earlier in my life story. So I was playing pretty high-grade footy when I was 16, and... You're not old enough to drink then anyway. So even when we went out with the with the boys, I couldn't drink um, and wouldn't because I wanted to... I thought I was going to be a football player. Yeah. Um, and then when radio came along, I was doing Midnight to Dawn, so I couldn't go out and tie one on before I went to work. So yeah. I never really got the taste... For, certainly for beer. Um, I don't like champagne. So if I do have a drink, it's going to be a Scotch and Coke or something like that, but it's very it's very seldom.
0: It's interesting, the, the radio thing and, and working midnight dawn as it was for you and, and nights for me all these years. I, I, I actually think I've got a bit of an addictive personality. Mm. I've never had a cigarette. Because yeah. I know that if i if I liked a cigarette, that's it, I'd be spending all my money on it same. Then I couldn't afford the hungry jacks. Never. so <laughs> so i I've never even had a puff of a cigarette, and I also think that. If I wasn't working nights all these years, I could quite possibly have developed an alcohol problem. Mm. Because there are, and I've got very sort of sweet, sickly taste. I love a Moscato, and West Coast Coolers is my drink of choice, which is embarrassing. I saw
1: you've got a goon bag in the corner there, <laughs> Oh, <so, laughs> yeah, Oh, well, was just kicking on after. <laughs>
0: uh, but um, yeah, so uh, working nights, again, uh, Bruce Mansfield really kicked that into me. You never have a drink of anything before work. Mm. And so that, that always extends back for lunches for me. If I go out for lunch, I go, oh, no, I'm working tonight. I won't have a drink, which is stupid, I know. But, but, uh, yeah, so I I think working nights has saved me from potentially destroying myself.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: Favourite childhood toy?
1: Oh. Um, So I had a pedal car, and um, as was the case back in the day, because when I was born, my father was still at Teachers College. Yeah. So he built our house, um, and uh, so there wasn't a lot of money coming in. So Dad w- was going to Teachers College. He worked at Kodak um, part-time because that was around the corner. That was in Coburg. Yeah. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of money. So it, it, pretty much all the toys that I had as a, a little tacker were hand-me-downs, and I didn't know it at the time. And I only really, to be honest, I only really learnt of that when I was in my 20s. Um, but I got this beautiful little steel pedal car. You remember the ones. They were nice and sturdy, and it was a tow truck. And it was by far my favourite thing. I drove it everywhere, pedalled it everywhere. Yeah, I yeah, loved lovely. it. Loved it. little blue one. And I found out years later that it was once was a little red one for my eldest brother, and it was a green one for my middle brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, your,
0: your kids are in their 20s, so I'm assuming no grandkids yet?
1: No, no, no. Neither of them are uh, uh, even in... You're ready well, ready to it, make uh, that move? No, no. I'm a 25-year-old daughter and a 21-year-old son.
0: When it happens, because I'm, I'm just a grandparent now of, of two kids, mm. and I see pedal cars in like antiques and collectibles... Places and online auctions, and I go. Oh, I really should get one for Archie and Xavier. And so I reckon that that'll probably happen for you. You've got to get a good one, yeah. Oh, don't you? Don't you, you want the proper? Yeah, the good ones. An, an old one that's been lovingly looked after, and and it's yes. it's you know, it's going to cost you a little bit, but you you just look at it and go, oh, oh that's
1: that's just classy. There was there was another toy I'd always look back and I go, why did my parents throw these out? You know, but I had this toy um, called the Smash Up Derby set. And what it was yes. it was basically two cars, two sedans, and you ripped out the ripcord, and <laughs> they smashed into each other, and they f- bits Doors flew and everywhere. Fly and off then you and put them back together and do it again. One
0: was a Volkswagen, if I think yeah, it if was. You are absolutely yeah, right, and I the other the one, saying.
1: which I imagine was a Chevy, but it looked like an old Holden, but it was a, a Chevy. And funnily enough, I actually did some speedway racing, and in yeah. uh, you know, an EH Holden, and it used to remind me of the old Smash Up Derby set. <laughs> Fabulous.
0: Uh, last one before I let you go. Uh, favorite friend? Have you got a, a you're still in contact with from school, or
1: yeah, it's um, you know, my father, my late father. I lost my both my parents in the last six years. Um, my mother uh, was the thirtieth person in Australia to pass away with COVID. Um, you were on air. So I was on air, and I was I, listening. I and I, I actually answered the phone and um, was told, and then was literally my song finished three or four minutes later. Yeah, and I was stunned, and I thought, what What am I? going to do here, because um, with COVID, as you know, Simon, the story was that um, people with underlying health issues, well, my mum didn't have an underlying physical health issue. She had um, dementia. Yeah. Um, and so it was unexpected that she passed. Yeah. Um, and that's what it was from. And the the doctors at the time sort of wondered whether her brain was just not telling her to fight this thing. But anyway, I digress. Um, what was the question? Oh, uh, Favourite uh, friend. Favourite favorite friend. Favourite yes. favorite friend. So my best friend is a, a guy named John Webster. And uh, John and I went to primary school together. And before that, his mum and my mum would look after us. Okay. They knew each other through, because both of us had older brothers, yep. and so my, my mum and John's mum knew each other through the school council. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, they would, uh, you know, she'd look after John if, if Margaret Webster needed that and vice versa. And so John and I were best friends from when we were about three, and then we went through school together, primary school together, but we didn't go to high school together. Um, and most people in that situation drift apart. Yeah, a lot of people don't spend much time in their adult lives with their primary school friends. But John and I remained great friends all this year. In fact, I spoke to him yesterday, and we're catching up for dinner. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, just him and I will just go out. He's my you know lifelong closest friend. Uh, he's my uh, my son's godfather. Yeah, nice. And um, we know we don't work in the same fields. I've always I'm not a I'm not a real media head you know i'm the vice president at my local footy club and a life member there um i uh you know my the people i hang out with aren't radio and media people they're you know plumbers and sparkies and football players yeah um and john is a um software guy and a, a cartographer makes maps you would know okay, yeah. he's Mel- a cartographer yeah um, and, uh, yeah, and we're just the, the closest of friends now all these years, you know, 50 years after we went to school together. ah oh, beautiful.
0: You've been very generous with your time. I'm, I'm so grateful uh, that you've agreed to come on the, the segment and the show. It, it's been fabulous. I've, I've actually brought in... Because you've worked at different stations and the like, I thought you might like some bits and pieces. So I've got you a Macquarie Sports Radio. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Which, of course, doesn't exist
1: anymore. There's there's a stubby holder
0: and a sweatband in there. Oh, look at that.
1: Uh, We've also got the Macquarie Sports Radio (laughs) hat. (laughs) Do you know, I, I collect radio stickers. Did you know this? No, I didn't. So I collect radio stickers. I've got probably a thousand of them from the 70s and 80s up to now. And I have a Facebook page that they're all on because people ask me to post them. And I only recently, um, the Australian National Archive, media archives, have asked me if they can have them and they will display them. Um, and so, uh, and I've got lots of bits and pieces like this. So this is going to go to that collection. So there well, you
0: go. I've got two more for you: a three AW hat from uh, the twelve seventy eight days.
1: Twelve seventy eight, three AW, and uh, one with my. Welcome f- to Nightline with Bruce and Phil. That's it, and one from
0: the uh, the nineties oh, wow. with the old three AW logo on it, uh, which is my favourite logo.
1: Have so. a look at that, will you? There you go.
0: So, uh, hey, thank and, you so much. They they are newish; they've not been worn. Uh, but, but You haven't, they have got, been, any, you they haven't got any hair, in. mate.
1: I don't think there's going to be too many hair follicles in there. No, exactly exactly <laughs> right.
0: But uh, yeah, So enjoy them, add them to your collection. And, and I, I should have stickers around
1: somewhere. I'll send you a couple. Uh, tell me, Simon, uh, we discussed earlier the fact that you wear a hat. Should I start wearing a 3AW hat?
0: Well, it, it, if you ever want to be fired from gold, <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs>
1: Huggy, it's been lovely to chat. I've enjoyed it very much. Uh, It's been really, really nice to meet you, mate. I've I've, uh, admired your work from... uh from afar, well, not really. I'm, I listen pretty closely to the speaker, but um, no, I have. And uh, and congratulations on your career, because I know that you know you've worked your way up to where you are now too. And it's they've uh, no, well, done really well.
0: Well, I did sort of the opposite when you were at uh, when you were at three XY, and you said, "No, I'm I'm leaving." I I just hung around, I, and I, I pushed the buttons for Bruce and Phil for twenty years. Do you know? And, and eventually, they managed to I managed to sneak on air somehow. I don't think management are really aware.
1: Do you know? It's funny. I, I sometimes think about those days now on. I didn't think it at the time because I was unaware, but uh, on reflection, there would have been so many kids out in country radio stations mm. who were really upset. I, I suppose not with me as such, because it wasn't my fault that I was offered a job, but I would have been upset with the situation. You know, I'm you know, breaking my back out here in the middle of nowhere, and um, this kid who's not even interested in radio gets a job in radio. I hope... I really hope that all those guys that felt that way realize that it is something i have really embraced and I've really ta- I still absolutely love this job. I come yeah. in here every day and I love doing it. Yeah.
0: No. And you can hear it in your performance as well. Uh, catch Huggy on Gold every day <laughs> straight after Christian.
1: Uh, good on you Huggy. Hey, thanks Simon. It's really been fun. Craig Huggins.